what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. Along with me is Chris Fry. We are the uh, founders and directors of the Foot Candle Film Society and the annual Foot Candle Film Festival. And now here we are, co-host of the Foot Candle Films podcast. I worked the word foot candle into that sentence at <laughs> least three times, maybe four. Yeah, and okay. uh, yeah, how are you doing, Chris? I, I'm doing I'm doing well. I was a responsible movie critic yesterday. I did not go to a late screening of the film that we're going to review. I went to a 5:45 screening. 5:45. That's the uh, that's the golden hour for movie going, isn't it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> time I hadn't had goes. dinner, so like I'm not sleepy, you yeah, know, yeah. because I've had a full meal. So mm-hmm. I, I was I was responsible after the debacle of the Asteroid City review, where I was I was struggling to kind of figure out what was going on. I was like, okay, I'm going to be more responsible and taking my duties as a movie critic seriously. Yeah. So. I did the eight o'clock show, so okay. I went a little later, a little later than you, but I was still still fine. Still did okay with it. Uh, I, I I can't do the the nine nine thirty no, movies. No. Those are <laughs> that is definitely a sign of my our age at this point and, and attention span. Nine and having full time jobs. Yeah, so, well, there's yeah. that. But nine thirty movies. If I yeah. see a nine thirty or nine forty five movie, uh, it's. <laughs> It's not going to quite cut it right. if I want to be able to give it a decent review the next day. Right. So, uh, so it looks like we, we we fared okay with our screenings yesterday of the film that we're going to be discussing in this this week's episode. Eighty for Brady. Eighty for. No, I still haven't watched it. <laughs> no, I'm, well, you made the mistake, Chris, of just kind of leaving an open ended window of time on when I need mm. to watch that film. I think you should have been a little more definitive and said I needed to watch it by a certain date. I work better with deadlines. So I should start adding a movie every month so I could add book club, the next chapter that you have to watch in addition so gonna, to 80 for Brady. Penalize me and for, I'm going to keep piling on movies that you're going to yeah. be forced to review. Chris is referring to <laughs> uh, we had our uh, Oscar Academy Award pool and our, our going thing is that the loser, whoever picks the fewest number of awards correctly um, has to watch a film of the winner's choosing um, and review it on the show. But like I said, no deadline was given. It was an <laughs> True. Op- as far as I'm concerned, I have until the next Academy Awards oh. ceremony to do it. Now, okay. if you want to give me a deadline, I respond really well to deadlines. <laughs> I do really well when I know something's on the line time-wise. But um, no, we are not going to be reviewing 80 for Brady. Phew. Although <laughs> one day I'm just going to pop on the show and surprise you and be like, oh, hey, by the way. If it's part of your recommendations, I'm going to be shocked. (laughs) Here's a review of 80 for Brady. No, uh, today we're going to be reviewing the latest film by director James Mangold. It is, may have heard of it, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, the latest in the swashbuckling epic, starring, of course, Harrison Ford, also featuring Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Antonio Banderas, and some others. We're going to be discussing that film and giving our review of it here in just a minute. And after we do that, uh, just later in the show, Chris and I also, um, it's that time of the month where we're to give our recommendations. We kind of 
moved our four show format instead of forcing me to come up with a recommendation every <laughs> single episode, which I could not do. We've gone to once a month in our kind of rotation of episodes doing a recommendation. So that's this week. Chris and I will both be giving a recommendation of a film we think is worth checking out if you're so inclined to want to look for something to watch or fill some time in front of a TV screen in the coming days. We may have an option for you. But Chris, let's go ahead and get into that first and main review. It is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm retiring. Well, in that case, what are we drinking? Same for the goddaughter. Dad told me you found something on a train during the war. A dial that could change the course of history. Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father crazy? Don't move. We need to get out of here. Sorry. Dial of Destiny marks the first time that Steven Spielberg was not calling the shots as director on an Indiana Jones film. It also marks the first time that George Lucas was not involved in writing the script. Enter James Mangold, director of Logan, Ford vs. Ferrari, and Walk the Line, with writers Jez and John Henry Butterworth, who penned Ford vs. Ferrari. The obvious point to start the conversation is what did you make of Mangold dying the director's fedora and the Butterworths cracking the whip with the script? Or I could throw you for a fanboy loop and ask, what did you make of the missing Paramount logo gag? Oh, very good point. You did throw <laughs> me for a loop. You're right. This film does not have a Paramount um, logo, uh, logo full, full, uh, a, a kind of a... One of those smash cuts where it's like it goes from the Paramount logo to something. Full disclosure. Uh, in the film. Yeah. I, Alan is the bigger fan of the Indiana Jones franchise. I, I like the films, but I'm just not quite as yeah. enamored with them. I did some homework uh, before going to see Dial of Destiny. Yes, I'm very familiar with Raiders, so did need to watch that one. But I watched Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, and Crystal Skull all again within a week, a week and a half. So I could be very familiar with like what I'm supposed to expect. And... I kind of like I fr- I know about the gag, but I'd forgotten how like yeah you transition from the Paramount logo to a mountain in Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom. It was to a big giant gong that had a mountain on it. Last Crusade, it was a mountain in the Grand Canyon, and then with Crystal Skull, it was a Gopher Hill. Yeah. Out of- <laughs> so the very first thing, because it's the very first thing you see in the film, usually is the logo, and then it goes to the opening shot of the film. That's a good point. So I was all like, okay, so. They do the Paramount logo. I'm like, okay, here it comes. And then they go to the Lucasfilm logo. Yeah. And then they basically go to some, a shot of something that's just rectangular. So it, otherwise, mm-hmm. it kind of, all, it, unless you're really keyed in, you wouldn't even know that it is the same shape as like a Lucasfilm logo because all it is is a rectangle, which is like, so that right there to me was like, this is James Mangold. This is not Steven Spielberg. This is a different set of writers. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an Indiana Jones film, but it is, it is going to be different. So Alan, Mm -hmm. uh, so, well, and you're, you very good point. You have thrown me for a loop. Now that's all I'm going to be thinking about the rest (laughs) of the the logo missing logo gag. Um, okay. So you're right. I am a huge fan of the Indiana Jones character. He is probably my favorite, uh, fictionalized, quote, serialized character, meaning, yes, there are other characters in film history that I like more, but as far as someone who is in a ongoing series of films as kind of a major uh, movie star character, 
Indiana Jones is it. I mean, it's gotcha. my favorite franchise. The first three movies I feel like are just a near perfect trilogy of films that I just love and can enjoy. I love the swashbuckling epic. I love the serialized, uh, uh, a throwback to the 1930, 20s, 30 serials, mm-hmm. um, the archaeological span, everything. It just, it works. Harrison Ford, this is the role. I like him. He like him as Han Solo. Okay. But something about Indiana Jones is still kind of my, <laughs> still kind of my thing. Fair enough. Um, so it was tough when I saw the fourth movie, Crystal Skull, because I, even <laughs> though I, I, I do recognize, I think it's an okay movie. I think there's some moments of it I really like. I think there's some scenes I really like. But overall, I was let down because it just did not come anywhere near the first three movies for me in style or tone or or uh, what I wanted out of a film from, from, from him in this stage of his life. So I'm trepidatious going into Dial of Destiny for sure. And plus, you spend the whole new director thing, like you said. It, it does make me a little, a little concerned going into it. Sure. So, but here's my take on, on Dial of Destiny. I think I think this film, you take a very understandably older, a very different place in his life, Indiana Jones, than we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. I think we put this film in a very, very interesting period of Indy's life, in a very interesting period of time in society around him. Mm-hmm. I think we add a... Which it jumps forward quite a bit from where the other three movies have oh, all yeah. taken place. Well, uh, the other three four, now, four. now crystal skull took place in the fifties. This one's in the sixties. Okay. So it all okay. kind of so it's maps about, supposed to be 10 years after. Yeah. But the first three definitely hand, ha- happened all kind of within a, I think probably in a, like a 10 year span, you know, okay. then we jump forward quite a bit to the fifties. Then we jump forward again to late sixties. I, I think the time period is interesting. I think seeing the character in this time period is great. You add a, a what I think is a very interesting supporting character that is going to become a, a kind of the co-star of the movie and I think drives the story forward. Very interesting relationship between uh, him and this, this new character. I like her presence in the film. You Talking put, about Phoebe Waller. Phoebe Waller, yeah. Uh, you put this in a very good Indiana Jones story. Okay, I think from a story standpoint, the plot... It's very good. It's a very typical Indiana Jones movie. It's a, you know, it, it has some beats of the original Raiders and kind of the progression that the story's taking and where it tries to go as an ending, kind of the, it, there's a lot of similarities. It's good. It's a classic Indiana Jones story. But then it's, you take all of that and just figure out how to cut the charm, energy, wit, and fun down by about 60%. And you have this movie. What I'm saying is, I think this is a good Indiana Jones movie. But you didn't like um, the uh, Last Crusade because it had too much like yeah. funniness. And- they, it, it actually, I feel like this went too far the other direction. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I think this is a good movie. I enjoyed this movie. However, it's not. It's not as. It's it's not. It's not as much fun. It's not as much. Fun. There's not as much charm. There's not as much wit. I don't feel like. I feel like this is, okay, James Mangold directed Logan, which was that final Wolverine movie. And I think, you know, he did the same thing there, which I think is maybe to his credit in that character in that you take a character that's this big superhero character that's been in all these other movies and it's been a little bit bigger, flashier movies, and you boil it down to a much more grounded, much more late in his life kind of uh, dealing with his own mortality character. And that was what Logan was. It's a little bit what we have here, too. I liked it. I just, I do recognize it's just, 
it, it's missing some of the fun and charm that the first three, even all four movies up to this point have had. It doesn't make it a bad movie at all. Okay. I liked it. I liked okay. it a lot, but I do recognize that I do think there's something missing from it. And I think it's that sense of wonder and charm. We have moments of it. I'll get to that in a little bit. I think there are some moments and sections of this film that are really good. But I also think about 50 or 60% of the movie is kind of a slog hmm. that you have to kind of get through to get to those greater moments. So mostly positive for me. Okay. okay. But I'm going to say I, I think there's some elements missing. I'd like to hear your thoughts, though, before I get into deep, deeper detail on it. What are your so thoughts on this I film? think, you know, we all know how old... Harrison Ford is it's no, you know, you see him in a, a show like on Apple TV plus of shrinking and you're like, yeah, you know, he grows old. That's a human thing. <clears throat> Sorry, Moose. I'm going to be quiet for a second and take some water and you can edit this out because my throat is getting froggy. I'll start that over. So, so Harrison Ford is an older gentleman. Now that happens with all of us. We age and I think when I heard they were doing this film to kind of maybe bounce back from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I was like, okay. So, it, you know, you know he's going to be a lot older. There was some de-aging CGI stuff and at the very beginning of the film and kind of sprinkled throughout a little bit. Um, and so it, I kind of got like, okay, if we're going to give you another film, it's going to be a Logan type of film where he's mm-hmm. like cranky old man. Yeah. Um, and I get that. And I guess the 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 judgment you have to make is would I rather have an Indiana Jones film, another one, or rather than just not go that way? I'd rather mm. just keep him young in my mind forever and ever. And I like the way they did it. I mean, it was kind of starting out, he was, you know, cranky, but then the kind of journey that he takes, and definitely without we're not going to spoil anything, of course, where the movie ends, I really like how they handled that. Mm-hmm. So um I will say, um some of so I did the Dialing back on the jokiness or whatever didn't bother me. I didn't feel like they went too far. Well, and, and it's not jokiness. You know, that, that's a little different. So I want to clarify, Kate. Okay? <laughs> I don't want it to make it sound like I wanted this to be like a laugh riot, joking right. and all that. Like I felt like Last Crusade might have gone a little too deep. On sure. It. It's charm. It's energy. It's spark in his eye. It's all those things that I feel like but makes Indiana Jones a character. So for me, yeah. that transferred to the younger character, Helena, played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I think it was her way of reminding him, this is who you used to be. So the transference where she was the one kind of the wit, kind of the charm, the, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, he's not going to be doing that now because he's had some, A, he's just older, but then he's had some events in his life sure. that have caused him to kind of draw in yeah. um, and specifically without spoiling anything. I like how they handled the resolution of the mutt character that had mm-hmm. been introduced in kingdom of the crystal skull. That mm-hmm. is kind of a question of how, yeah. how is that going to, how are they going to resolve that? Because Shia LaBeouf is not in this movie. Spoiler. Um, the way they use that, I don't think it could have been done any better. No, I, I completely I think agree. It was, I think it was Actually, there's genius. a moment on a boat, a, a dialogue scene between Harrison Ford and Phoebe. Uh, yes. Where this is kind of all laid out for you yep. mo- the most clearly. And it's a really good yep. scene. I mean, it had been hinted earlier yeah. why, mm-hmm. like, because at the end of Crystal Skull, he's getting married, yeah. uh, you know, and all this. Stuff, and then you see him, he's kind of by himself in this yeah. apartment. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you're more the Jones scholar. 
he is teaching at a different place as well. Is that correct or no? I, I don't know. I, I don't remember where exactly he was always teaching. Because it was a big university. Yeah, yeah. Where, well, regardless, if, if, even if it's not a different university, um, just the way they set things up, like, yes, he's older. Students are not engaged, yeah. bored out of their And I, it was like, yeah, you know, and he's frustrated because they're not paying attention and he's having to spoon feed them information. Yeah. Like, all of that. He's just, also just kind of resigned. You well, know, it's right. like, yeah, okay, it's right. the way it I is now. It. Yeah. But it's just all that. So even though it was a little heavy and kind of like, no, this is supposed to be Indiana Jones. You're not supposed yeah. to hit me with all I, I did appreciate it. I could see how it could, you know, be a little sad for some people. But and again, you know. I, I feel the need to clarify because <laughs> I want to make sure. I thought the opening and the setup for this film is brilliant. Okay. Okay. Um, I think. A, the flashback sequence, which is a, a pretty good extensive sequence we get at the beginning. And I thought it was terribly exciting. I thought it was really good. It was. And I have to admit, this was really good face de-aging. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, however, it still makes me antsy. <laughs> well, man, and look, here's a, here's a problem. I had a conversation about the de-aging after the film was over last night. Yeah, look, we've seen... Indiana Jones's face. We've seen the Harrison Ford play Indiana Jones so many times right. that I think you see somebody so recognizable and you see a de-aged version of it. You can still tell. Sure. It's just a bit off, but it's pretty it's good. Pretty good. I forgot about it after the first minute. Okay. Like I, I didn't, I checked out and like, Oh, I'm good. I got this. Like I'm, I'm willing to go with this. This is a younger Indiana Jones we're watching and I'm, I'm fine with it. Right. Um, so I thought that worked. I thought the whole introduction sequence was really thrilling and good. It was. And it did a great setup for the rest of the film. I think these, uh, where we see Indiana Jones now in the sixties, um, teaching and some of the fresh perfect. I'm like, okay. yes, I, I know there's some people online who hate that, who mm. do, think, He's this world-renowned archaeologist, and he shouldn't be in this point in his life. I mean, no, this is totally where he would be, I think, given the things that's happened to him. And he's never been in this thing for the money, uh, other than Temple of Doom, which was technically, story-wise, the first movie in the story. He's all about fortune and glory. That's the thing he keeps saying. He obviously changes his tune as he gets older because he's more about preserving history, preserving what's right out there. Um, but I totally get that's where he is in his life and it made sense to me. So all of that, I'm, I'm loving the setup. It's, it's, it's the fact that, you know, we go through two, two and a half hours and, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but, and I do love the ending, love the ending. Well, I okay, just question. Do you love the, uh, okay. So yeah, I love at, all I'm, types of ending. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I'm not going to spoil it. There was, even though Crystal Skull's been out, but Crystal Skull's ending has some, let's call it, if you've seen the movie, then you'll know what I'm talking about. It has some fantastical stuff. Okay, like all Indiana Jones, well, the first all one, of them. Raiders really did with the... All of them. All well, of them had all some them. fantastical elements to it. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, that's true. The stones mm -hmm. and... Okay, so yeah. the fantastical element that was turned a lot of people off Ken Kingdom of Crystal Skull... Yeah. Um... Well, just science fiction element. Yeah. Okay. There's a science fiction element to Dial of Destiny too. I mean, the movie's mm -hmm. called Dial of Destiny. That gives you a little bit of clue. Um, I can see how the people who railed against Crystal Skull may rail against this for yeah. that science fiction a little bit element. Mm. It worked for me. Oh, it totally it worked, worked for me. Okay. And it gets, so that was something that Crystal Skull kind of didn't work for you. And a lot of people yeah. do, but in this film, the way it was integrated, it did work. Okay. Oh, it good. Worked great. Without spoiling. No, look, anything. I'm telling you the first, 
30, 40 minutes of this movie, 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes, loving it. Okay. The last 30 minutes of this movie, love it. Okay. It's just the fact that, okay. So there's an hour, there's an hour in between. Yeah. How to do this without spoiling. There is a, a, the, the final scene of this film. This is the best way I can kind of explain it. The very, very final scene takes mm-hmm. place in a kitchen. Yes. Okay. Yes. And there oh, is a man. Oh man. Hold on. Hold on. But there's <laughs> okay. a line of dialogue. Oh, that, um, is delivered saying, and I, I think this, I can say this without spoiling anything. Where does it hurt? No, no, that's oh. great though. That's oh, good. I was no, going to say, no, don't, the line don't of, tell me you don't like that. No, no, I love it. <laughs> no, I love all this. Okay. The line of dialogue spoken is, I heard that you're back. Okay. Okay. And I love it. Okay. This is great. Except I don't think the film did a very good job of showing me that that character was truly back by the end of the film. Okay. Okay. Because we start in point A at the beginning of the film. We see where he is. I totally get his stage in life. Like, yep, he is kind of just going through the motions. Okay. Without spoiling anything. Uh, somebody becomes a wanted man. So maybe the fight of putting up for that and running and not just giving in indicates to the person that the person's back. Maybe. Okay. I I think I needed that. (laughs) I needed that be shown a little bit more. Yeah. I needed to see this character quote back at the end of the film. But unfortunately three or four minutes before that line is said, um, he's almost ready to, there's almost a sense of resignation. And it doesn't quite match. Okay. So in other words, I, I loved the resolution at the end of this film. I love the, mm. uh, the kitchen scene. Yeah. I just, I don't feel like the film though, for the previous hour before it gave me the justification to show that that's warranted. Well, that there, that's justified. Yeah, okay? I, I, I yeah. love it, but I just don't feel like it's warranted. I can see what so, you're saying. Okay. Um, I think, um, <laughs> you talk about a downer, there's a direction during the fantastical science fiction element yeah. um, that they could have taken a different oh, turn I, yeah. and it would have been, and I was actually thinking, I thought that's how it was going to go because yeah. I was plotting in my head how certain events were shown. Yeah. And I was like, well, if you line everything up, that would make sense. Like mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be some doctor who stuff going on. Too. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and yeah. um, they didn't. And I think it would have been a real big, downer so you yeah. talk about really dialing it down but no they, there's they a didn't moment there's a moment where um yes i was exactly thinking the same thing I'm like oh wow this is what they're <laughs> gonna is, do this is getting real okay <laughs> but then you have a supporting character make a physical action uh with a nice little cut and i'm like oh okay good <laughs> okay Shoot. never mind Whew, uh good i'm glad it did not end there it would have made sense to end it there i get why they even maybe considered ending it there but i'm glad they didn't because it, it wouldn't have worked i'll say something for me the reason i i, I did did enjoy just overall i did enjoy the film good. and i think why yeah. is because with me the indiana jones movies yeah they they hinge a lot on the action sequences which i feel like for the most part with the exception of the cgi and crystal skull all of them do them really well but what i like about this film that kind of brought it back from where Crystal Skull didn't do is even though a lot of people could, I guess, see this as a weakness of like complaining that it's kind of like a video game <laughs> for me, 
I like like Indiana Jones having a problem and then kind of like the, the game missed, except it's through Indiana Jones eyes where mm-hmm. you see like a puzzle, you kind of get a little bit of clues. He figures a little bit of it out and there's a stagger and he feels figures like another bit of it out. I like how that was done in this film. And there was yeah. a lot of little things like I was playing along with him trying to see how the puzzle was going to work. Mm-hmm. And that was done really well. in uh, the, uh, the Holy Grail one, <laughs> the last crusade. last crusade, like the last things when they were yeah. in that one, like there was three different tasks they had to complete. So that for me, if you can do that successfully and they did it in this film at a couple of different junctures and uh, Phoebe Waller bridge actually had a point where she was like this big explanation. And that worked for me too, because there again, it was like a passing of the torch to like, okay, yeah. this is the younger generation. This is somebody right. that's still in their prime. So if you can do that successfully, regardless of the fact you didn't do the Paramount logo transition, you've made an Indiana yeah. Jones movie that I'm going to like. Yeah. I I'm with you on that. I agree. Um, my, my, my issue with the kind of the middle bulk of the film mm-hmm. is, is I do feel like that they just, it, it felt a lot of going through the motions to get to a certain place at the end. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of the, okay, well we have to go to this city and we have to find this, which is a typical Indiana Jones thing. I love it. I have no problem with that. I love it when the little map shows up and the plane flies. Well, and interesting too, how they, unless I'm wrong, the other Indiana Jones movies do it very, very similarly. Mm -hmm. And this one, the map was in color. Things were like very kind of updated. So it was still, yeah, the map was in color. And it's actually, I know. I I think they're always in color though. Uh, I thought they were having just watched them recently. I thought they were like brown or like gray, oh, and like the, the, I line, the, the line is red. The okay. line is red. Oh, I'm talking okay. about like the actual map itself. Oh, sure, okay. So it was like, I don't know. It was just it, it was another touch where it's like, nope, this is this is the '60s, but this is also a different director. So they mm. did show the traveling, but it was done like okay. a little different, which I, I liked. I also have to say, I was <laughs> I was wondering when they made the decision to go here there's some underwater stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I was excited. Cause I was like, Oh, this is something that Indiana Jones hasn't done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's going to go try to find some stuff underwater, but I was like, yeah, but they don't have like ways to talk to one another. Like, mm-hmm. how is this going to, how is this going to work just because of the time period they're in? They don't have all this, stuff. but it did. And I thought it was cool to try to try doing that in something that like, that was something we'd never well, seen. Keeping it as a relatively short scene, too. I mean, well, in the grand helped. scheme of things, it's also pretty short. That um, I just, I, I just, I, I just wish that middle section had just been more entertaining, and that I, I, there was just a moment. I mean, like I love the. There's a there's a kind of a I want to call it a car chase. What are those little vehicles? The little vehicle that they were driving around for a big good bit. They're like motorcycle go karts. I yeah. don't know what that, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Which was it was a fun chase sequence. It was really great. Um, it it went on too long. I felt like then there was like 20 minutes later. I felt like they were they were about to start another car chase scene <laughs> that felt like very similar in the same area. The underwater scene very cool and very novel, um, but just didn't. There was just something missing from that whole middle section where you have an Indiana Jones who's kind of a, a, a harried and not quite as, I mean, understandably, doesn't have the spark in his eye anymore. Doesn't have the quick wit as much as he did. Uh, and yes, the Phoebe Wallace character is is kind of taking that on a little bit. I get all that. But, you know, you look back at any of the, the good Indiana Jones movies and there's always moments or elements of wonder and just... I don't know, just 
crackling energy and scenes. And I, I just don't feel like that was there for a, a good portion of this film, which was a little disappointing, but it started strong. It ended strong and it had enough, enough good moments in between to make this movie work. So overall, look, it stuck the ending and I'm happy about that. So that was the main thing for me. So is, unlike you know, with crystal skull, if this is the last Indiana Jones movie, which, you know, if it is, you're happy with I'm it. Where's Crystal happy. Skull? You're like, dude. Oh yeah, okay. oh, no, I'm very happy if this is the last one. That makes it works for me. It's perfectly so, fine. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I want to know what your thoughts are. We haven't mentioned him yet. We've mentioned Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who played Helena. Of course, we've mentioned Harrison Ford. But I thought it was an interesting echo of one of I think your favorite Indiana Jones films, Temple of Doom how they kind of had an echo of short round with Mm -hmm. Teddy played by uh, Ethan Isidore, which I'm not familiar with him. So this Mm -hmm. is the first time I'd ever seen him. He kind of plays the short round to Helena. Yeah. um, And the, she actually references Indiana Jones asks her, how did you meet him? She's like, Oh, he tried to steal it. Kind of how Mm -hmm. he was introduced to short round, kind of the same type of thing. Um, What do you, what did you, what did you think of that? Well, I was, I thought that was a perfect opportunity to address a lot of fans that have been very angry with the Indiana Jones ser- series that they've never addressed short round since Temple of Doom. And to me, it's like when they were setting up that dialogue, I'm like, oh, here we go. He's actually going to name drop short round or explain what happened there. He didn't. And I thought that was a big missed opportunity. Same. Yeah. Because um, they did, you know, you're right. They were so they were so good about how they wove in his son, Mutt. Mm-hmm. And his wife, uh, Marion, mm-hmm. so good about how they wove those in and it just felt natural. And it's like, oh, it kind of just, it was eye opening when you heard those things. And it's like, you know, short rounds, the one character is like, okay, supposedly these guys were together for a pretty good while and spent a lot of time together. Yeah, and like, yeah. we're very sh- uh, close and we never hear anything about it. And I, th- I think that was a missed opportunity. Um, yes, Teddy. He's no short round. Um, <laughs> no, he's not. Those are, but, those are, I mean, I guess we would say weird, be weird to say big shoes to fill because short yeah. round was a little dude. Yeah, but they are. But, but yeah. look, I thought he was, I thought he was fine. Sure. I thought, you know, I, again, I liked all the cast of characters here. I thought it was odd uh, to use Antonio, Antonio Banderas in what was a relatively small part. Yeah. And a kind of inconsequential part. And I, I was surprised. I just like, I don't understand why. He was good, but yeah, yeah, it was just kind of weird other than just have a strange strange cameo. And, you know, I will say there were some other cameos of characters that I won't go into that I always worry if films try to lean too heavy on the nostalgia and try to bring back so many characters. He was shown in the preview, I think, the one you're referring to. One, yes. But I think the the ones in this film were all done tastefully okay they were done respectfully i did not feel like they were just kind of uh, uh, fan service they you know they they worked what i really love yeah Allah, i think is the one uh sala sala yeah, yeah. sala is the one that we saw in the trailer so yeah right. he's in the film we can we can spoil that and you know when he shows up i'm like oh well that's kind of convenient that he just happens <laughs> to be here but then you see him in his home environment i'm like oh Right. Okay, so he's actually he, here in New York City, and he's got a family, and this is why he's here. I'm like, oh, right. that totally works, and I'm good with that. Um, there's one more, one more character that comes back that I'm not going to spoil, but um, um, I thought that was also done well. We already referred to it, um, kind of towards the end. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you yeah. think of Mads Mikkelsen, the villain of the film? Oh, he's great. Okay. I, he, I mean, look, 
He can play the villain in every franchise, as far as I'm concerned. He's True. already done the James Bond. He's, he's done a, Star Wars. He's done Star Wars. He's done a villain in uh, uh, the Marvel movies. Like, you know what? Just He is just making the villain in every series franchise. I guess Star Wars, he was the good guy. He was a good guy. But still, he's been, in, he's been in, he can do He's anything. been in it yeah. all, but <laughs> right. I think he just needs to play a villain in right. everything. Uh, sure. No, he, he was good. I, I loved his motivation. Mm. I loved his goal. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, you kind of, you kind of got a sense of what his goal was. There's a really interesting scene in his hotel where he's talking to, I guess, a waiter who comes in to bring food in. Mm -hmm. That was really interesting. I thought it was kind of a, a, a daring little scene of dialogue. Yeah. But then when you get to the point late in this film and it's a scene up in an airplane as things are culminating towards the big finale and you kind of understand and hear, okay, no, this was his plan all this along. This is what like, he's trying to do. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. And opening up a suitcase and there's like a uniform ready to go. I'm like, wow. Okay. That was, that was cool. I like this a lot. So, yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, there you, that it all to end the film with that kind of, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, they're really going for it and it's working, which was yeah, kind of what did. didn't happen with crystal skull. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Crystal skull. Look, I'm, I had no problem with it building up to an alien related sci-fi thing. It just, the, the payoff didn't work. The payoff was not enjoyable. It was not what I needed from that. Gotcha. This I felt like was okay. Sure. Was it, were there some conveniences in the film, some plot conveniences? I mean, is it a plot convenience that, you know, where we, the final scenes in this film, the kind of the, the climax of the scene of the film take place in an area related to where Indiana Jones was, was uh, giving a class about uh, at the beginning of the film. Sure. Um, <laughs> is it a plot convenience that everybody shows up at this one hotel where uh, the dial is being auctioned off and they all happen to arrive at exactly the same moment when things are sure. Look, these things happen. I, I get it. They See, were, none, none of one of those bothered me. I will say mm. the one that kind of got me was um, Teddy, who we've always, there's a thing where he's apprehended. Yeah. And how is that? I'm like, really? Yeah. He just happens to walk down that this one street. Like too. all the other things, like I'm yeah. like, okay, whatever. But that one struck me as a little, Well, the yeah. biggest, I'll tell you the biggest uh, convenience though that still sure. bugs me and I kind of railed on it after afterwards. Okay. Um, it's in the opening sequence. It's on top of the train. Um, okay. The big... Uh, German guy they're fighting, the yes. main the main baddie shows up out of the fog, which is a really cool shot. And he's holding the the little dagger thing that at this point in the film was kind of the thing they were chasing after. Right. And he's gonna use that as the weapon to to fight these guys. Right. Instead of the gun in his holster that he finally decides to use <laughs> several minutes later. And it's like it just made no sense. Yeah, like, that plot convenience is I thought were a little heavy here in in this film. But not enough to distract me to it from it too bad. So, gotcha. Um, overall, no. I look. I enjoyed this film. This was definitely a step up from King, uh, Crystal Skull for me. Okay. Is it as good as the uh, the the original three trilogy? No, but not for me. Would it be possible to make an Indiana Jones film now with Harrison Ford as old as he? That could be as good as I think the original it could be. three. Really? I think if you took this film, the storyline, mm-hmm. the plot, the characters, everything. And just found a way to add just that little bit of more. I mean, and, and I'm going to throw out a bunch of different terms that it could be. It could be any of the above. Okay. Could be a little more humor. Could be a little more horror. Could be a little more wonder. Could be a little more like just, I don't know, just this sense of hmm. 
amazement. I mean, you look at every single film in the, in the, in the franchise. Reyes of Stark. Okay. You think about that film, you think the giant boulder rolling towards him in the sure. opening sequence. You think the giant well of souls with all the snakes covering the entire floor, just over the top insanity of that, of that scene. You think, uh, of course, you think the ending with uh, the opening of the arc. arc. I mean, just these moments, they're like, I mean, they happen in Temple of Doom. They happen in Last Crusade. It's like these just big, wondrous moments where it's like your Indiana Jones's eyes widen from what he's seeing and experiencing. I just never felt that sense of that amazement or wonder here. And I guess that's by the end of the film is kind of what I was looking for. We did have a climax that was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there was a little bit of that moment where I think the Harrison, Harrison Ford showed true amazement at what he was seeing. But yet, I just felt like there should have been moments more of that throughout the film, that sense of wonder and amazement. I could just see how some people come right from the saying this movie was, quote, boring. I don't say it's boring. Wow. I don't think it was boring. Yeah. But I do think. I do think it lost a little bit of the shine and luster that makes Indiana Jones such a compelling character in the series. The first three so so good, hmm. um, but look, this is this is this is much closer to that level than than what the last outing was. So I'm okay. I'm very happy. I came out content. I came out <laughs> satisfied. Well, good. And that was the biggest thing for me. So yeah. Okay. Good. So it sounds like we're both. I mean, I think we're both on the same page. Yes. Level positive. It's just you. You were surprisingly more positive than I expected you to be, which is great. It was good. I'm at the same level positive as you. It's just in my, my, I have a much deeper sure. interest in this series. So I'm going to, I might be a little more critical about it, but I still really, really enjoyed this film. Well, and I think we barely mentioned her, but one thing I can always, for me, if you can start well and end well, mm-hmm. then that's most yeah, of the battle. Exactly. And for this being here again, mention it, take a drink, a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. If I think, yeah, you know, it, it, it started well, ended well. And for two and a half hours, I, maybe it did drag some point, but not enough to make no, me dissatisfied. I, and I'm with you on so. that. Yeah. If this film had not ended well, mm-hmm. it would be a completely different review for me right now. But <laughs> the fact that that it did end well, and it all led to some really good stuff. And I'm happy with the way it ended. Yes, makes the film overall a success. So, cool. Yeah. Good. Well, wow. That was that was a nice surprise because, I mean, look, we'll go ahead and say I, mean, I did not read any reviews about this film, but I did see headlines. I got you. Headlines floating through my news feeds and all that saying there were some concerns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, re- response was not good when this played at Cannes. So I was happy I'm, to hear that. I think that was a little, a little overstated. I'm wondering and, if um, this is going to be – like this year is going to be the year that I'm just totally opposite what apparently a lot of other people like. Mm-hmm. I liked The Flash, and apparently people, a lot of people, do not like that movie. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I thought for a superhero movie, you know, I thought it was okay. For Indiana Jones, I'm like, yeah, I think it was pretty good. And people are like, no, it was terrible. Like, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's is this going to be the year where like the blockbusters that everybody else likes, I hate, and the ones everybody else hates, I like. Oh no, even better know. than that, Chris. This may yeah. be the year where you become. The the franchise blockbuster movie <laughs> fanboy, yeah. where you lose your steam for mm. Wes Anderson and some of these other smaller films. Okay, could be because could Wes be. Anderson, you were a little more down on Asteroid City than yeah, I thought it was good, are. but there wasn't yeah. as enamored with it. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny. I mean, yeah, it is strange expectations. Probably you and I differed on Flash. I did not enjoy it as much right. as you. 
I was uh, I saw more issues with it. So I Alan's liked Android, becoming more art house. I liked Asteroid City uh, quite a bit more. Yeah. Uh, but you and I are on the same page with this. Okay. This one, Indiana Jones. I'm saying no. It's really really good. I just. I do have a few misgivings with it, but that's just because I'm a super fan and I have to point those things out. So, <laughs> All right. Well, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I don't know how it's going to do this weekend box office That's what wise. I'm curious. That's what it's like. Mm. The whole, is it going to have a flash? I don't know. Thing? It might. Um, or is it going to have a Top Gun where you waited so long, but Top Gun Maverick was farther yeah, than these movies? I think so. the, 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 the difference is, is that Top Gun, look, let's be honest. Top Gun had Tom Cruise. Sure. It had uh, it had some really really big um, critic screenings and theatrical like uh, sure. theater owner screenings and that it got benefited huge yeah. like, buzz about it right um, and you know we hadn't seen that character or that that series in thirty years sure Indiana Jones it's been I mean it's been a while since Crystal Skull but it hasn't been thirty years <laughs> no. so the character's just been around enough right. That nobody is looking at this as like, oh my gosh, they're doing a new Indiana Jones movie. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, they are because <laughs> it's been a while since the last one. Right. Um, I don't know. I hope it does good enough to justify that, you know, it was worthwhile making the movie. Um, would I don't want to see Helena become, I don't know how they would do it because she doesn't have the same name. I, I don't know. Yeah, I would be okay. Okay, if they wanted to start a series with her, because I, I do think she was a fun character. I like I, I wouldn't and mind following her. You're a her. fan of Fleabag, that show I've never that seen she, it. Oh, you've never seen. Okay, mm, neither no, have I. No. Okay, but I will tell you uh, what's interesting is you know the franchise that uh, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge is getting into that Team? probably would prevent her from doing this. Tomb Raider. Yep. Really. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. So there's would. no reason to do this. <laughs> if right. She's gonna do. No, she is doing a new Tomb Raider, which. I love the idea of letting it be someone letting the character be the kind of character that she would play, which mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, just as much on the probably on, on a verbally smart and verbally strong as she is physically right. her physicality in this movie was great. I mean, I thought she pulled off the stunt. She, she did look great doing it. Yeah. But I like the fact that, you know, there didn't feel the need to have to be this. We have to have this, model like you know female protagonist that you know has to just be there for eye candy for because that was kind of the case with a couple of the other films sure Uh, i think uh temple of doom and last crusade both of those kind of played with that a little bit now marion and raiders of lost ark was not she was not against she was against that type which was why i think her character is so so good yeah is that she's not there for eye candy she's truly a partner she was truly a a strong character. And I like that they kind of did a lot more of that with, um, Phoebe Waller, K- uh, Bridges character in this movie as well. What was her character's name? Helena. Helena. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, that or is Wombat. Oh, yeah. Wombat. It's a big thing, <laughs> which I love. I, I did too. Good. Yeah. Um, and I will say, uh, before you forget, there was a sure. second flashback scene right in the middle of the movie. Yeah. That I also thought was really good. You know, I think that's Okay. Yeah, so we're, we are wrapping up, but I will yeah. say I think that's the thing is that no other Indiana Jones film yeah. has had the kind of melancholy mm-hmm. that this film has. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of melancholy because Indiana Jones is older, but then that flashback it's a it's a freaking downer, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> and so I think that's 
that melancholy is just something you don't really expect. It's, it's handled well at Shawa, but it's just like, yeah, wow. That was, and it's just, you don't really expect that. Yeah. So I can see how you're saying it kind of got weighed down just because it was a little bit more melancholy. And again, I have no problem with the seriousness sure. of the no, no, no. matter and the tone. And I think it was the right tone to take. It's just, I do feel like there were some instances and moments where there could have been more energy, more wit, more humor, more spark, more wonderment on things. Cause I do feel like, I do feel like unfortunately too much of the movie was a little pedestrian. It's like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. let's do car chases. Okay. Now <laughs> let's do this kind of chase. And now let's do this kind of thing. And it just felt like it was more going through the check boxes. Like, no, no, we're, we're going to build to something really cool at the end. So let's just get there. Mm-hmm. Not really concerning about how good the air, the, the, the scenes are getting there. Let's just get to the end. And uh, I feel like the film suffered a little bit because of that. So, okay. All right. Are we, are we done now? Uh, I think okay. we are. I'm um, just make sure there's nothing else I want to throw out at the last second to der- derail the conversation again. No, I'm good. So we're done. Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. It is playing in theaters right now. Uh, Chris and I both recommend checking it out. If you are a fan of the franchise, I, I think, yes, this is a great entry. Do not listen to what some of the naysayers out there, who have whatever bone to pick about this film are saying, is it as good as the first three? No, not really, but man, it's still a good, enjoyable movie. So uh, give it a shot. I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, let's take a quick break, Chris, and we come back and we've got recommendations to give. You and I both have a recommendation of a film to share. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back, back with Foot Candle Films in just a moment. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome back to Foot Candle Films with Chris and Alan here. We just finished our review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, both a positive review from the two of us. Uh, excited to see what they did with this last film and thought it turned out pretty good. So Chris, let's go ahead and move though into our recommendations. So every month now we get together and, uh, we watch movies, you know, some more than others. Chris, Chris sees <laughs> more than I do. I just admittedly say, but we at least feel like we have at least one film a month that we can kind of bring up as a recommendation, something we want to recommend everybody to check out. The only stipulation is it has to be a film that you could actually see online somehow. Now, luckily, 95 plus percent of films nowadays you could rent or watch online somehow. But that is the one stipulation. So it's not going to be a film that's only in theaters. It is something you could actually watch and check out online. So, Chris, I'd love to hear from you. What is your recommendation of film for us this month? So... To avoid being characterized as a blockbuster Chris for 2023. Well, we're going to go indie Chris here. <laughs> I'm going to right? recommend an indie film. Okay. Um, and actually, I saw this one a while back, but it did take a while to come to digital. It's now, I think, streaming if you subscribe to Peacock. streaming on Peacock, so you can see it for free there. If not, you can rent it at other places. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is Polite Society by director Nita Manzor, which this is her first film that I'm aware of that I saw. Uh, you may have seen trailers in the theater because uh, they heavily promoted it. And then it kind of came and went really fast. But Polite Society tells a story of a martial artist in training, Rhea Khan, who believes she must save her older sister, Lena, from her impending marriage. Um, so she 
Yeah, it just it, there's like hijinks involved and lots of karate and uh, wire work fighting and kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and just the way it's shot, it's very bright and vibrant. And the costuming, uh, Rhea Khan is. Um, it doesn't. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I don't think it takes place in India. You know, I think it's like in America. I think mm-hmm. um, no, it's in Britain. I think. Anyways, there, she her sister is having like a big Indian wedding type thing. So there's a lot of bright, vibrant colors and just really, you know, interesting shots kind of, you know, I guess in a way kind of referencing some Bollywood type, you know, films that are made that look like that, but there's just, it's visually very interesting. I will say, um, I did enjoy it. That's why I'm recommending it. Um, if you haven't, if this sounds like it's interesting to you, don't see a preview, just see the film Mm. because unfortunately as a lot of times happens with the preview, they did pick some really like funny things that I think if they hadn't been spoiled for me, mm-hmm. that would have been uh, better. Um, I've heard some people compare it to, to like, like a film that Edgar Wright might make um, mm-hmm. because of some of the act, the way some of the action is done. And then there's kind of like a weird element that I'm going to leak, which I was surprised they kind of went there. It was mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of a sci-fi element, <laughs> which I was like, do what? Um, so it's just a very interesting, uh, film, polite society. And I believe, let me check really quick. I think this may be her first feature film. Yeah. I think she's made other shorts, but I think this was her first feature film. Okay. Uh, so, uh, check it out. It's available for, on Peacock for free. If you have that service or you can uh, rent it. Polite society mm-hmm. on Peacock. Yes. If you, if you have that subscription service, you can watch it for free or you can rent the film through the typical VOD yeah. channels. Speaking of VOD channels, just uh, this is off topic. Um, and speaking about Asteroid City a minute ago, did you hear that Asteroid City is going to be available on demand in like a week? Oh, like, I mean, even well, though July eleventh, so like even two. though it was not my favorite, but I still thought it was a decent movie. That 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 saddens me, <laughs> which proves I'm still art house Chris because I like for independent film something like that to have a longer yeah. running time in the theater. What's interesting though is that the opening weekend for Asteroid City was, I think. Wes Anderson's biggest opening weekend of any of his films. Interesting. But it's still going to vo- video on demand, like by July 11th, which is like a week and a half from now. Wow. So yeah. Anyway, thought huh. that was kind of interesting. I'm okay with that because I'm wanting to see it again. Oh and yeah. I can watch well, it again yeah. that way. Um, but anyway, it's still, yeah, I agree. It's a little mixed, mixed bag for me. It's, I don't know if that's because they feel like it's just doesn't have any legs and they're not going to put any more energy behind marketing it or, if they feel like maybe they can actually ride and get some good attention from the film and more people will watch it if it's available online than, than it was in the theater distribution channel it went through. I don't so know. it's VOD. It's not going to like a service. Right. No, okay. it's going to be a, you know, and it's probably going to be like a $20 or like sure. rental or whatever for a while, but it will be a pricey, but okay. there may be a better audience for it there too. I don't know. Um, okay. My recommendation, there is a little bit of a tie in with the Indiana Jones franchise. Okay. Per se with this, with this recommendation. And I'm surprised I didn't recommend it earlier when I actually caught up with this film a couple months ago. Um, I, uh, had a chance to go to a special screening of a film, uh, where one of the lead actors was there in attendance and got at a film festival and got to see the film, uh, from 1984. It is the film Starman. And it was the star Karen Allen was in attendance, which again, Karen Allen plays Marion in the, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Indiana Jones franchise in general. Gotcha. So it kind of made me realize, oh, wow. Yeah. I saw that film a couple months ago and had a really good time with it and forgot that I 
didn't recommend it. You know, all these times I've been like struggling with a recommendation right. on our show. And I'm like, no, there was one just staring me in the face. And that's Jeff Bridges too. It is. So this is John Carpenter, John Carpenter, uh, directing the film that was written by, uh, uh, not written by John Carpenter, but he just kind of took on a, took on a script from someone else and directed this film. Uh, it is the story of an alien who takes the form of a young Wisconsin widow's husband and makes her drive him to his departure point in Arizona. And there's government agents who are trying to find him and in pursuit of kind of intercepting him before he leaves. The premise, I think, is, is great. I mean, like I just said in the description, an alien takes the form of a woman's dead husband. Gotcha. So you imagine, you know, Karen Allen playing that woman here in the situation, having to play someone who's now having to work with a person who looks who looks like her dead husband mm-hmm. and he's basically trying to, he's gaining the memories of the dead husband. He's like, looks exactly like him. Right. That to me is just a, it's an interesting dynamic. It makes for a, a kind of a, an interesting concept of a science fiction film. Yes, this is a sci-fi film, but it's, it's a lot more of a, it's a lot more of a human connection story than it is um, sci-fi. There are sci-fi elements to it. Obviously it is a high concept film, but it, uh, it works. It, it's 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 heartbreaking. It's funny. It's uh, I, I think Jeff Bridges is good. Although I will say I think Karen Allen is better in this oh, film. Wow. I think okay. she's really really good in this film. And uh, but uh, Jeff Bridges, I think this is the only Oscar nomination that a John Carpenter film ever got okay. was Best Actor nomination for Jeff Bridges on this film. Um, it's good. Look, I mean, people. Okay, like if I show this film to my kids. Yes, they're going to laugh at the special effects because it is 1984. Okay. And it's John Carpenter. Look, John Carpenter can kind of, you know, the effects can be very dated, you know, when you see those films. At the time, it worked. And it does add a little bit for me of the charm of the film. But yeah, I mean, they're a little rough. They're they're, (laughs) they're a little little, little, uh, tough to watch by today's standards. But I still think the film is really good. Very entertaining. When did you say it came out again? 84. Yeah, I, I remember, I was very young, but I remember seeing the film and I, I remember really liking it. Of mm-hmm. course, when I was that age, science fiction, anything, I'd anything pretty much sci-fi be on board with. Cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting about this film, I'd read about it late, uh, lately, is that it was being made, there were two scripts being shopped around like in 81, 82 hmm. of science fiction films and they were considered to be very, very similar. So studios were having to kind of, the studio kind of said, all right, which of these two scripts do we want to do? Hmm. And they passed on a script called E.T., uh-huh. which ended up going to, obviously, I think, Paramount and or you know, where, and wherever Spielberg was, was working at the time. Right. So they passed on E.T. to be able to make Starman. Got you. But then when E.T. actually came out first and they started seeing it come out, they actually sat on Starman for like two more years oh, wow. before releasing it okay. for that reason, because E.T. was obviously such a big hit. They knew their film was going to be seen as copying, or whatever. copying, but also, I mean, I think, I mean, look, E.T.'s great. Starman <laughs> is Starman as good as E.T.? Not quite. I think they probably knew that too. So they basically had it sit on the shelf for like a couple of years at least before they released it. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, the head of Columbia studio chose, um, to go with uh, Starman and let E.T. go to Paramount. So Columbia then eventually did release Starman. Hmm. Uh, it's all kind of funny. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, that is Starman is available for rental. Any of the typical places you can get. Um, I do think it's a good, it's a good, it's a good film and good throwback film. And uh, we're checking out. And again, Karen Allen's performance, although very, very strong in the film. So very good. Good tie back. All right. So that is our recommendations. Chris had polite society, which you can see on uh, Peacock. Peacock or on video on demand. Yeah. I chose Starman, which I don't know if that's on any streaming service, um, but I do know. I mean, it's obviously on video on demand. Just got to do a little search and see if it's somewhere streaming, um, but it's available online for sure. So with that, I think we are done for today. So our review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, our positive review of that film, uh, our recommendations of Polite Society and Starman. And Chris, if anybody has any feedback for us, maybe they want to pick a fight with us on Indiana Jones. <laughs> Tell us how the rest of the internet is so right about uh, not liking this film and how we're wrong. How would uh, how how should they go about starting that fight with us? You can send an email to info at footcandle.org. You can follow us on Twitter at footcandlefilm. Al and I are on Letterboxd where we try to track what we're seeing. Do us a favor. Uh, if you like our show, which we hope you do, give us a star rating, write a review, share with friends on whatever service you are listening to our podcast on because it will help us reach new listeners. We'd appreciate it. Folks, we are getting closer and closer to the 2023 Foot Candle Film Festival, which is September 15th through the 24th here in Western North Carolina. We'll be announcing the lineup soon. Um, but we're, we're getting down to the final films that we're kind of shoring up our lineup. So we'll soon be announcing that. But, uh, if you're in Western North Carolina, or would like to travel there in September. We'd love to see you at the festival. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Details coming very, very soon. Yes. I'll say we're, we're within weeks. Yes. Is that, is that safe to <laughs> say? Enough. Yeah. Safe to say weeks away from giving that details about the festival. Okay. So thanks everybody for listening. We will look forward to talking to you next time. We'll have another review coming up in another week and uh, maybe some more movie news, maybe a couple trailers or actually a couple trailers. I really wanted to bring up today, Chris, but okay. I'm going to kind of table those for another week and we will uh, get some updates from you there. All right. Thanks everyone. Talk to you soon. See you in the ticket line. Special thanks to Carpal Tuller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Tuller, visit www.carpaltuller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.